that we decided to watch. Uh, and one of those, you know, was, uh, and we talk about it all the time on here, is uh, Terminal? The, the Terminal, yeah. The, termi- the term- Terminal. Yeah, the yeah terminal. I did not watch that, so we're going to have to delay that. Same. And yeah. also, I did not watch uh, Saturday Night. The oh yeah i forgot about that one james too, franco yeah. documentary so it was like last night and i could have watched a movie but i had to like it was like 10 o'clock p.m and i chose to do the adult things hmm. uh which you know I, I folded my laundry i took the dog out i took my vitamins and <laughs> i uh, I floss and I went to bed because <laughs> I had to wow. do those adult responsible things, you know. Because I, in the past, I would have been like, no, no, this you have time to stay up and watch another movie, maybe two more movies, and like yeah. sleep, you know, six hours or something before work, and then feel even worse at work. And so I'm trying to have a more efficient lifestyle, um, and sometimes you got to cut off the times where you could be watching just another movie uh, yeah that, so that's why last is, night i wasn't able to get to one of them that's that's very relatable i feel like saturday night the documentary like if you just put it on one night like sort of when you're winding down that i feel like you'll just watch the rest of it like it's i feel like it's one of those like yeah. a good that's what I mean. That's what we did. I just like I was like, oh, what? Is, I didn't even I mean, realize. If I was, it was doing on... chores and from maybe maybe if I folded laundry and flossed in front of Saturday night. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that that is so relatable because I'll be like, uh, like oh okay, so it's it's getting late, uh, and as soon as I go to bed, it's gonna be tomorrow. What you know when I wake <laughs> up? So I've got a little bit of time here, bef- like when the world is asleep. And I, I'm, nobody's waiting for While me, like, at work. While everyone else is asleep, be up watching films. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is my time to watch this movie that I've been wanting to watch for so yeah. long. Or like my letterbox will be one up more than this person tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. That mentality. Yeah, and then what happens is I... I'm like so tired and I start something and I'm like, oh, why did I start? Like, why did I start yeah. this now? Yeah. Yeah. So my HBO Max list recently has just so many started and stopped movies because I would start and 30 minutes in, I would just be like, no, I can't yeah. do it. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a big problem. We could almost do an episode sometime about movies that we've left unfinished and like what we've seen in them so far or if we actually finished them yeah yeah but uh yeah uh i don't know i, I do the, the same thing with with video games too it's like all the stuff that like like escapism to like get me out of thinking about that as soon as i wake up i'm gonna have to like start working or something uh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah 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 i can play a video yeah, game now like, that the I world's love, asleep i love just having a uh like having a beer and watching a favorite movie before getting up in the morning, before something you're stressed about, mm-hmm. uh, like wor- you know, early work. Say you were, I don't know, you maybe had a long weekend and you haven't worked a while, so you are not in it. You're not mm-hmm. ready for work at all. Yeah. The only thing that can get you ready is just doing it. Um, <laughs> and you, you watch something like, uh, for me, it'd be, and, and you, you for this movie is like Inside Lewin Davis 
or like uh, yep. for me, I, like it's been the movie Patterson a lot. And you just do that late night and you, you stay up a little later. But I don't know, at least like spiritually, you feel good going to bed. And mm-hmm. uh, the next morning, <laughs> the next morning is the next morning. But it's all about, yeah. you know, dealing with that anxiety of that night. Yeah, At I relate moment, to that yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely had some late nights watching Inside Lewin Davis when I yes. when I needed it. Yeah. Yes. It's great, too, during like. I mean, you you don't really have these anymore because you live in California, but in really <laughs> cold winters, it's pretty yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Uh, when you're just when you're just even cold in your house and you're tucked under a blanket. It's uh, relatable to this day exactly because this was after a long weekend, and uh, yeah, this this work day I was not feeling it at all. So, yeah, which I actually thought that I was going to watch the terminal today for for the podcast and then and then as yeah. soon as you text me i was like yeah i don't i don't know if i wow. was gonna get to it anyway i don't today. have to watch the terminal now yeah 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 and also sometimes uh, late at night too when i'm thinking about watching a movie i'm also just like in my, my mindset right now i'm i'm still tired and like wanting to go to bed soon and i almost just in a mood of like wanting to watch a show like a like a comedy show or something or just yeah. youtube videos or something uh you know yeah. nothing to really more mindless entertainment i guess yeah yeah well a mo- yeah movies like a genuine journey and so to mm-hmm. sit through it is re- it's a different type of energy you're using but it's a lot you know yeah mm-hmm. if you watch movies all day you'll feel tired at the end of the day i have many times yes yeah, even going to the theater, like during the during the day, that is tiring. Yeah, you're like, all right, that's what I did today. Yeah, that was my whole day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gone to um, multiple movies at theaters. That's that's exhausting. Uh, mm-hmm. But that like walk, that walk back after is just fantastic. Like I've done that a lot from the music box where I did a double feature, mm-hmm. and then you, you're out at one and you're like, whew. All right. Accomplished. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that, that sort of ties into, um, the theme for this episode, I guess, which is, uh, our movie Bender, which I guess this would be for the the month of May, but also the past. I'm going to go a little further back because, (laughs) you know, I need, you know, I'm just to add, to bulk up the list. Basically, yeah, yeah, it's impacting on the list. I'll start off with um, a series, we're going back to April 1st. Um, it's Sharp Objects, uh, with Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson. And it's uh, oh, yeah, okay, it's produced by the Big Little Lies people. May pass, I think, also written by the writer of Big Little Lies. Uh, no, not written by the writer of Big Little Lies, but the writer wrote Go- Gone Girl and Widows. Gone. Oh, uh, Jillian Flynn. Jillian Flynn. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but I think like the producer of Big Little Lies produced Sharp Do- Sharp Objects. So I started this when I had uh, COVID. And Whoa. It, it's like a really, yeah, it took me a while to finish, even though it's like, you know, one season. 
Mm -hmm. And it was really, it's really dark. So I was in the middle of having COVID isolated, not talking to anyone in my bed. And I was just like, all right, I can't, I can't finish this now. I don't want to watch it. This show's <laughs> yeah. too dark. It's too depressing. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I needed some pick me up some more so then. Um, but I finished it eventually later. And while it is, it is like, it's, this show is very dark. It's about a lot of people who suffered some trauma living in a very, uh, conservative town in Missouri. Um, in a town where like people are rich and live on like plantation looking houses and they Mm. drink at all times of the day and they drink hard liquor (laughs) and drinking is so so mainstream in this uh show and amy adams plays a character who's just had a very fucked up life and she drinks all the time in her car um but and but the show is like it's very good it's very well done and especially when you get towards the end end um it kind of le- it has this end scene which uh really puts a whole new layer over the whole show which makes you really realize like oh shit <laughs> like <laughs> what the show was really all about like more like you think you knew what it was all about, but then you realize that the theme runs, everything runs deeper than you thought. Um, so I definitely recommend nice. sharp objects, uh, but uh, it's a, uh, he- it's heavy. So just uh, be warned. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anything about the show until now, but I, I just, I know I've seen that image so many times of Amy Adams and um, yeah, her and, and Patricia yeah. Clarkson, yeah, who plays her mom. That's She's it, on yeah. that cover, and she is uh, really good in it as well. Nice, yeah. I feel like that's one that's right up Carly's alley that we would probably watch together. Oh, okay, nice, yeah. And of course, fan of Gillian Flint too. Yeah, I am now, now that I am. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, all those things. Yeah, this person's yeah, great. I, I like all those all things. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, That's this like person with... made all of my favorite things, like them, <laughs> forgetting yeah. their name a little bit later. That is kind of fun when, you like, when you're like, man, who, who wrote this or who directed this movie? And you look yeah, into yeah. it and then you realize oh, that yeah. you've seen everything else they've done and really liked it. That's a lot when I do when I'm really going on my movie vendors, like I'm watching two or three in a day and Mm. I just, I'm staring on IMDb or Letterboxd (laughs) constantly. Yeah. uh, Just making those connections and be like, I have a full scale view of the industry. (laughs) (laughs) I know everything there is to know. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll start off with a, uh, a new movie. It's the uh, new Zack Snyder Netflix movie, Army of the Dead. A lot of people uh, have been watching this. Yes, it's been a, yeah, I feel like a a pretty big deal. I didn't know much about it until like the week it came out. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't, (laughs) we, uh, uh, Carly and I are big fans of uh, the comedian Tignataro, who 
I think that's how I found out about it because she ended up replacing Crystalia in Army mm. of the Dead because of some uh, some pedophilia and uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, some some uh, weird things with Crystalia that he's getting canceled for right now. So they like green screen Tignataro into the movie. She wasn't with the actors at all. And wow, that's so weird. Is the whole movie um, like super CGI, anyways? Yeah, it, it totally is. Yeah, like they're yeah. in they're in Vegas technically, but it's not it's not Vegas. It's just like a desert with yeah, yeah green screens and CGI stuff. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, Army of the Dead wasn't a, a huge fan of overall. It. It, it did look like it might be one of those like just fun action movies. It's like, you know, people make fun of Zack Snyder all the time, but uh, you know, maybe he's not, you know, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe he makes, you know, interesting movies that, you know, mm. no matter how, like how much you could critique them, like they're still enjoyable, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And army of the dead initially looked like that to me. Like it's, it starts out, um, starts out with like this scene of you know like it's of course it's like a military crew like taking this lugging this thing around they don't know what it is and something happens and it gets detached and the zombie like um you know the zombie appears and then it's like oh my god the, um you know that that's what starts it all pretty much and then it goes through this montage of like Las Vegas just Las Vegas being taken over by a zombie apocalypse and it's like a really good montage. Uh, like <laughs> you're seeing, <laughs> I felt weird the way I said montage there. Uh, but it's uh, like it's like creatively including all of these notable like Vegas things in, into a zombie apocalypse, and it's super like colorful and and it's all like you know this casino stuff, which and then just like you know these showgirl zombies. And uh, it's it looks really good, and it's also really brutal in the beginning too. So you think like, wow, this is just gonna sounds be... overall really unique. Yeah, and it's uh, it right from there it makes you think like, okay, this is gonna be a crazy big zombie movie that is at least a little bit self aware, and it's um, you know not overly serious or anything. But then as soon as you meet like the characters it gets it gets a lot more bland and yeah i don't want to go into too much i guess because i know it's still a new movie <laughs> i can I, want... I can see that yeah. i can see that yeah but i do i mean there are some things i like about it like there's like this king zombie type person and it's um i don't know i kind of like that aspect of there being like one like big alpha uh zombie character rather than just a, a huge horde of meaningless zombies that you don't know anything about um so there are some like fun and interesting things about it but for for what it like marketed to me from not only the poster but like the first 10 minutes is that it was going to be it was going to be this really like cool looking fun bombastic type of like zombie movie and then it just uh yeah it just turned into a little bit of a slog it's super long too um and it's just really like so much also i should mention the way it's shot is weird Zack snyder um 
did his own cinematography on this too, which I guess was his first time. Oh, he did a Soderbergh move on yeah. this one. And I'm going to do this so you can see what I'm blurring, like my background, like so much of it looked like this, like the focus was so weird in some shots because it looked, there were times where I thought it was like a mistake, but it stayed, it stayed the way it was for so long that, you know, it was intentionally put in there. And I like, there's some shots that it, it looks to me like, oh, they, they maybe meant to like focus on this or something instead. Cause it's just like the focus so, is just off. Yeah. There's, there's scenes where it's like so blurry. You can't even see like what's going on. And there's some where it's like so focused on one thing for no reason. Like it'll just be like a character over here. That's and they'll, weird. They'll be, it, it, it was just kind of like, I don't know, kind of messed with my mind. I know mind. what you mean though. Yeah. As someone who I do, as someone who does videography a little, I, <laughs> yeah. I have that problem all the time. But when I watch like a big budget movie, like I've never, I never, you never come across that, you know? Yeah. I guess it's just like, so that's, the, that's crazy. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what the purpose of that, of that <laughs> was, because I don't think it looked good. This movie and you're not really like enjoying super much. And then the, you're just like, your head it's driving you crazy because of the focus yeah and then you're not even right. thinking about the movie anymore you're not even thinking about like the storyline you're just thinking about like <laughs> those things yeah and and there's there's some like some major like plot holes too that are <laughs> it's like part of me is like uh, like who cares like i don't care but then also that's all i can focus on then instead of just like what actually happened um, cause like in the, in the ending, you know, it's very like profound, but then the same time, all I'm thinking about is the things they didn't address, um, <laughs> in the end and just like let, yeah, just let slide. So I don't know. I, I think it's still worth watching this year. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I had higher expectations than, uh, than I thought I would for it, but, uh, yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't meet those. <laughs> it sounds pretty ridiculous yeah hey i mean still got me to watch it yeah no i i, I want to watch it now uh all right so my next movie is a uh it's a dennis dugan film oh denny dugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i <laughs> I finally decided. So I, I, I'm not really sure whether I've seen this movie or not before. And when I watched it, I was, I, I think I realized, all right, I've seen parts of this movie before. Um, so, if, at least, so I thought like I, what I thought I was watching, I was like, oh, I have to see this for the, you know, I finally just got to knock this off, you know? <laughs> and so I watched, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have I, seen that. Which is like, you know, a comedy that was made when we were, you know, like in seventh grade. And it's just <laughs> the perfect comedy for our era. No, not oh, really. Yeah. But, you know, totally. it's, it, it's, it's a the... comedy of our era. And <laughs> um, it was I would see the trailer when I was a kid. I'm like, wow, I gotta gotta see that. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, I definitely loved this uh, in 2007. I don't think so. I think I only saw like you know the end like parts like the the climax if you can call it that on TV. 
when mm-hmm. I was in high school or something. So I still really never saw this full movie. Um, but I think whatever I probably would, if I ever watched it on TV, parts of it on TV, I probably liked it because I was in high school and you know, I was a moron <laughs> because <laughs> I watched this movie <laughs> last month and this movie is just awful in like mm-hmm. every, every way. Um, yeah. and I definitely like one of the lower tier, uh, Adam Sandler movies. Um, and it's just so like dated in its, um, approach of, uh, homosexuality. And it, it is such a, uh, straight man, uh, like comedy and not, and just, uh, it's ridiculous. And I know like, you know, Adam Sandler and, uh, uh, Kevin James don't mean any of this stuff. Like there's trying to make a fun movie together and goof around and shit. Mm-hmm. But especially since the comedy is um, like a lot of Sandler comedies, very lazy, lazily written and uh, uh, just cu- comes off. <laughs> it comes off as offensive. A lot of the times it just makes uh, the whole thing a drag and, um, yeah, even though I like Sandler and James a lot, like mm-hmm. I just can't help but like hate this movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I this is one I probably haven't seen maybe since high school. High school or college. Yeah. Um so I don't I I know when I revisit it it's gonna be really bad. But my yeah. the the things that really st- stick out to me is yeah just the homophobia in general, but uh, also Rob Schneider's character. I always, I like I can't stop thinking about that when I think of I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry like how uh, just racist and terrible like he yeah. is as the the minister or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That. That is that along with yeah, just the whole the whole premise in general is so obliviously uh, like yeah, and all outdated. the jokes, all the jokes are yeah, all the jokes are just as dated as the premise and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I don't know, I kind of wiped it from my mind so I don't have a lot of specifics uh, to go yeah. over, but overall, I was just couldn't believe I was like this movie's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought and, if anyone if anyone likes it then, you know, they're they've got problems. <laughs> they're they're a seventh grader in two thousand seven. Yeah, that, yeah. Those yeah. are the people I like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even that um that Jessica Beale um scene with Adam Sandler is so so ridiculous ridiculously stupid too, and they exploited her so much for the uh just for, for the like overall a, like marketing of this movie, like I remember seeing yeah. that scene in the trailer. And in a way, they're like acting like it's a joke, but it's not really. It's just mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's like to sell. It's like to make money in a way. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of problematic things with that movie. I probably should revisit that. I wish I had some just lines prepared because even just when they talk back and forth and Sandler just says something, mm-hmm. I don't know, he'll say something like, I like girls or something like that. And I'll just be like, Ugh. Yeah. 
Well, we can move on from that one. Ah, yes. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to another uh, another movie that I did not like very much. Uh, so I saw right. a... We're getting somewhere here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, after watching Army of the Dead, I thought, like, yeah, let's watch another more recent, like, monster-type movie. And uh, so I watched the movie Life, which... Yeah, I remember the trailers for this movie as well. Yes. And I was like, what a cast for this space movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Um, God, what's Jessica her name? Chastain in it? No, uh, Rebecca Ferguson Kate. from oh, like Rebecca Mission Ferguson. Impossible and Kate Mara. Um, I think I'm getting no, not Kate Mara. That might be another space movie. Random actors. I clearly don't know the cast. Those are the three. Those are the three like big names: Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, and Rebecca Ferguson. Um, and it's also it's written by the same guys who wrote Zombieland and Deadpool. So, it the weird thing about life is that it's blatantly like trying to be like alien. It's it's just like I feel like it's it knows that everybody knows that, but it's it's trying to like do its own version of alien in a way that it's just not as interesting. And uh, the weird thing is too. So it was written by the guys who wrote Dead, the Deadpool movies in Zombieland. So there is. Mm-hmm such a weird dynamic between Ryan Reynolds and everybody else because Ryan Reynolds is playing like his, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds, like one liner comedy guy that's in Deadpool. And, um, or like Ryan Reynolds is always kind of like nowadays, he's always like doing that same kind of like, uh, tired comedy that, uh, is all throughout Deadpool. And he's basically doing like a character like that in this movie where everyone else is super serious and it just doesn't mesh well at all. Uh, and I, this, I should have written down some of his quotes, but it's like so weird. Cause they're all, everybody is so like boring and plain, uh, even include, I like Rebecca Ferguson and Jake Gyllenhaal, but they are, their characters are just meaningless. Um, and then, and then for some reason, Ryan Reynolds is also here cracking jokes constantly it's just so it just doesn't it just doesn't fit at all they need to have like a a happy medium with all that but uh yeah they i mean you've you've seen the trailer everybody's seen the trailer they discover that little creature that's extraterrestrial life and then things go batshit crazy and the the creature you know basically takes over their ship and is taking out people just like alien um, he, he gets, you know, the, the creature goes like, or the alien, whatever goes in the vents at one point too, just sort of like alien. And, um, and they're, they're not sure where it is. It's all, it's all sort of like the same beats. Um, but just way, way less of interesting characters. And the, the alien wasn't even, you know, it was like a creepy looking thing, but I, I feel like they tried to make like a more like realistic looking alien than, um, you know something like uh, what is xenomorph or whatever they're called? Yeah, xenomorph. Yeah. Um, 
but it just even if they would maybe be more like scientifically accurate it doesn't make it a better movie like it was it almost yeah, you know it made yeah. it worse i'd rather have something be a little more over the top rather than just some like weird octopus like amoeba creature but uh right. yeah i would uh, i would not recommend watching this movie unless you're really <laughs> really curious about it but uh yeah so a waste of time, huh? Waste of time. Thankfully, I don't think I would have done this if it were longer than two hours, but it was only an hour and a half. So, all right, that's there. You go. That's better. <laughs> yeah. And what a like basic name, the most basic movie name ever. Life. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my next movie is also a show, a one season show, which I watched while. Um, recovering from Moderna Part One, oh. where I was ve- very sick and very tired, so I felt like, all right, I gotta do that thing where I just lay down and I knock out a show in a day. Um, Dang! And you did it? I did. I I watched wow. The Undoing in a day. Hey, this is another show uh, I don't know anything about, but I've it's seen. On, the, uh... It's on HBO Max. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's an HBO Max show. It's got Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant in it, and um, it is uh, produced and produced by. So I think I'm mixing up Sharp Objects and The Undoing because it's produced by David E. Kelly, who produced Big Little Lies. Ah, okay. So. Yeah, and he I believe he wrote Big Little Lies. David E. Kelly. No, he didn't write Big Little Lies either. Damn it. <laughs> I keep mixing all these up. All <laughs> oh, these yeah, I see writers. his name. I see his name with Big Little Lies. Yeah, he created Big Little Lies. Is he a writer or is he just yeah. a producer? All right. Well, maybe it's because I'm looking at the letterbox thing. This is why. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm podcasting. On, uh... I got to use IMDb. I'm on uh, Wikipedia right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he apparently. I don't know if I don't know what all he did on these shows, but uh, Ally McBeal, The Practice, Boston Legal, and now Big Little Eyes and Sharp or no, not Sharp Objects. The Undoing. Now I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> yeah, but. So, anyways, the undoing, yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely created and written. He wrote, he wrote the undoing. All right, <laughs> get this straight. Uh, so, the undoing, basically, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman are very like successful. Like Nicole Kidman's a therapist. Hugh Grant's a doctor. Um, who he he's a cancer. He's basically a, like a children's cancer doctor. Um. Yeah, and so they're both very successful, have like a beautiful, they're like kind of, you know, high society New Yorkers. Um, and they have they have a kid, they have one kid who they, you know, really love and stuff like that. And um, some events occur in the pilot and eventually Hugh Grant is on trial um, for murder. Um for murder of a girl and um the whole show is kind of this trial and following uh 
you know, just Nicole Kidman's just emotional reaction to all of this going on, whether she believes her husband or not, Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And the kids reaction and how everything goes in the media with this and how they, I don't know how Hugh Grant kind of is using how like his major social status to, possibly get by in an unfair manner um and like like the theme of the show like the first uh, one of the first uh, in the pilot there's a scene where nicole kimmins talking to a couple is doing marriage counseling and um she's basically uh goes over just this uh idea that what that couples are willing to overlook certain things about their spouse in order to maintain like a healthy, you know, relationship and, you know, keep it go, keep it going and that sort of thing. And how, mm-hmm. um, like something could be so obvious, but you're, you, you've been like psychologically like putting that to the back of your mind for years and years. And then it kind of that same, um, that same like thesis is applied to like Nicole and her husband, uh, to Hugh Grant throughout the show. So that, I don't know, that whole, that, uh, the whole, that whole thing is very interesting. Um, it's like, it's a really good show. It, 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 you know, it gets really good, especially towards the end, really thrilling. And uh, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman are of course both great in it. Um, it's not like the most addictive show necessarily, but it's very, you can binge it easily. And the main reason I was able to was because of the COVID shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, if that's not, if you didn't have a COVID shot, I would say maybe you <laughs> wouldn't watch it in a day, but other than that, like, I, I don't know, it's, it is, it does grab you. So I, I recommend the undoing. Nice. If you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, you've got a show ready to, <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, I'm gonna, I'll stick with with movies here but i'll go with a <laughs> but it's a, a documentary um but yeah i watched uh the pbs documentary from 1983 style wars i saw that and it looked cool the graffiti documentary in new york yeah yeah i didn't know much about it but i uh for some reason i was looking up different documentaries and specifically like art ones and this one came up and is on canopy so i checked it out and uh yeah it's uh it's pretty cool it's all about graffiti artists in new york in the late 70s and early 80s and it's got a ton of great music in it and just like um (laughs) like this is gonna sound so out of character for me because i don't I don't typically say stuff like this in my like daily life, but uh, I was like vibing with it. You know, it was, it was a vibe. (laughs) It was a vibe. (laughs) I just have to preface that, that because I feel like that's the perfect thing to say about it, but it's not, you know, it's not on brand with me, but uh, yeah, it was, it's just like a really good hangout movie, uh, which so because it's all about i mean it's about graffiti in new york i and everything, love but the hangout like just vibe documentaries <laughs> just good music throughout it like it, it yeah. takes its time too it's just like 
hey, let's just listen to music for a couple minutes and what watch these one? trains that go lovers by. Lovers Rock Steve McQueen thing. That, yeah, that, that too. That's yeah. a vibe. That's a vibe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's all about like graffiti on, on trains and everything, but yeah. uh, also it goes into just like the general like counterculture of the time of like hip hop and break dancing. Um, so there's even, yeah, there's like yeah. just intermixed throughout like just, uh, you know, talking to like people on the streets or they're like subjects. They also just like throw in some scenes where it's just a guy break dancing and just some music and yeah. I feel like that was a big era too for like New York as just a, an art scene too. So totally, yeah. and just giving off that hips that hipster feel to it and stuff. So yeah, I actually really want to watch this one now. I'm gonna. Where did you watch it? I saw it on Canopy. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime too, though. Right. Yeah, I'm on Letterbox now, and it looks like it's on Prime. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely would. You know what else is a vibe is D.A. Pennebaker documentaries. And <laughs> yeah, I would almost call it similar to that, just in the sense of like yes. he just kind of he like lets people talk. You know, like he's not like you know yes. interviewing them or something. He just like yeah, just uh, like there's well, yeah, a, and also like the scope of the documentary isn't as big. It's just about like one thing happening in front of you, and you watch yeah. that throughout the whole time yeah there's some uh real like characters in this too it's like great scenes with this one kid and his mom and his mom like like knows he does it and he he says like it's like 2 a.m and he tells his mom he's like yeah we're gonna go tag this uh this train or whatever and uh but she like she like doesn't want him to like get in she she just wants to know if she needs to like pick him up so it's like this if he gets like in trouble with the cops. So it's basically like this, like dynamic with the mother and son where she knows he's doing something illegal, but she just like lets it slide. And then uh, like knows when to like handle things if he gets in trouble. Right. Um, right. And then, and also like, I mean, all of like the, the artists and everything they talk to are all characters, but it's uh, great that they talk to all these like old white people that, hate graffiti and they're and they're talking about they're like romanticizing the trains as if like everyone's they're just like these ugly metal tubes going down a rail in new york and then and they're like talking about how much they ruined that and it's like this is taxpayers money we want to know that they're safe you know people want to know that they're safe when they go on public transport and um they don't have to see this stuff it's not it's not art you might see it as art but it's not art and just like really wacky old old white people characters that just like hate hate graffiti um <laughs> so yeah i mean it's uh yeah it, it definitely is like a little piece of like the early 80s to like just look into something very specific that was going on in new york nice so yeah that's style wars yeah i gotta check that out it's probably on like one of those big documentary lists, like best bet, documentaries yeah. you got to check out. So should we uh, talk about uh, Barry Lyndon now? Yeah, let's do it. Our our crossover. Yeah, so we're, we're uh, supposed to have three, but now we have one. Yeah. One. But thing hey, this I is thought, a long, a long yeah. one. Though. Is, yeah. And one thing I thought that was funny is that the two I like 
I, I decided to watch like for myself. I did not watch. They're both like more reasonable lengths and not <laughs> as ambitious. And the one you chose that was the most <laughs> ambitious and the longest I watched. <laughs> like I watched like a week, over a week ago. Yeah, you watched it before I did, I think. Yeah, that's because I, I, I got yeah. into one of those days where I was like, you know, I was like trying to be productive with not just with my day, but with my night. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch <laughs> cinema now. <laughs> yeah. Dive into some real cinema. <laughs> and, yeah. even, and, and, you know, as, do, you know, douches, you know, as, as that is in a way. And, you know, when you go into that, a Stanley Kubrick movie with that mentality and you've had like a few <laughs> cups of coffee, it it doesn't really disappoint. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, you'll still be like, oh shit, bro, cinema, <laughs> like in the middle yeah. and towards the end, because it is. And uh, Barry Lyndon, I felt, was, uh, you know, having seen a lot of uh, Stanley Kubrick movies multiple times, I thought Barry Lyndon was... Um, it was just so fresh be just being that I hadn't seen it and because it is so unique and amazing and uh, yeah, I just loved it. And I liked this. Uh, I, I, I like this suggestion by you because I finally watched it and it took me, mm -hmm. it took me this long. I've been, you know, it's one of those that for years I've been like, yeah, I should probably get to that, you know, probably for the past right. four or five years. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason why I suggested it. Cause I knew it would give me the motivation to just having sort of an obligation about it yeah so that that is that's i'm glad i suggested it then because we we both got to knock it out but yeah it's uh I, i'm also glad that i watched it now because i think if this is a movie i saw even like five or six years ago i don't think i would like that much and i i just wouldn't I wouldn't be on board as much with it. It'd be as a I lot rougher. Now. It'd be a lot harder. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be not much to say more that bored. it's not like that. It's uh, not a diff a challenging watch, you know, and that mm -mm. It, it has a pace that is you really do. You're you got to sit through. Like I definitely I drank some green green tea during this <laughs> movie because yeah. I knew I I knew I had to be ready for that. I'm like this is gonna be long. It's gonna be yep. a lot of people sitting in. Uh, period piece sets and all that stuff so sitting yeah. on their wigs yeah mm -hmm. I, and i'm not always a huge fan of period pieces either but uh yeah i mean something like this is totally totally different it's like like the favorite too i really like that from a, a few years ago yeah. um because yeah it's just it's different than uh, a typical period piece i guess but uh yeah yeah i had to take i I took a couple breaks throughout just to like decompress a little bit. Yeah. Get a, get a drink. I, I think something. I did it yeah. all in one. <laughs> I just, wow. sat, yeah. just sat through it. The true experience. Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah. It's just one of those. I feel like you gotta see and yeah. 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 Glad I, I finally did. I love the, um, the main thing I love about it is other than the cinematography is the kind of like uh, dramatic increase that goes on when there is like a, a, like a change in social status and wealth and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. that's when you get to all the like 
real period piece stuff where it's like everything's a painting and you've seen those shots and so many just i don't know youtube or just something posting things about film and yeah Mm -hmm. it's like an example of composition or color in movies or just something um yeah and i I was looking up all like the different i guess influences for certain shots you know based on paintings and stuff yeah and especially being able to now follow the narrative like the context for those shots gives them like even though this movie is like so incredibly subtle i think that it gives each shot its own proper emotion since we know what the um what uh like the main character is going through and uh, I don't know, just the weird, like, the weird atmosphere that's created with just, like, you know, the, there's, like, shots of just, like, one character doing something on a table. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, like, but and, and there's, like, 20 to 30 people just, like, staring behind and all in sync, just looking left and right at what they're doing. It's just, uh, I don't know, so so interesting and so weird and crazy to watch and it, it just creates that um, something so amazing that is only like Stanley Kubrick, um, except it's all, it's more like, I don't know, downplayed and low key and subtle this time. And, mm-hmm. you know, and not so in your face as much as like, I don't know, like the shining and the clockwork orange. So I, I found it so you such, such a unique Kubrick in that, uh, in that way. And uh so like just because of that, it's like high on my Kubrick canon because it's so fresh and new. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. And it still feels very much like a Kubrick movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's in that era where he's in his prime too, and he's kind of doing similar things, just making very like every ten years he makes another really ambitious epic thing that's very scary and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucked yeah. up about humanity and. This is in the middle of that era, but it's not as much that, you know, even though there are those shootouts, there's all those shootout scenes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I don't know. It's 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 still like, like I said, it's like very melancholy and low key and uh, totally, just a yeah. lot about composition and uh, just subtle acting. And yeah. 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 And I really loved all like that. I don't know the quirky things with uh yeah you know there's a lot of quirky funny moments too yeah definitely one that needs to be watched like a few times and then you'll finally be like all right i get everything you know yeah yeah there's still just a lot to take in in general it Um, is it's so it's yeah it's an ambitious ambitious thing to watch ambitious thing to watch yeah yeah there's definitely yeah i i know i could think of 10 new things um, that I didn't realize from the the first time I watched it, if I watched it again. Um, I also love the, the poster for Barry Lyndon, like yeah, that cover. Yeah. Like that's a really like iconic um, movie poster. Um, and I was going to look into who, Oh, Juno and Bordeaux, some French guys. Cause it looks like a, a Saul Bass movie poster, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's and also going off the score, <laughs> we haven't didn't talk about the score, but this is such a great score, and it's so mm-hmm. prevalent. Uh, definitely one that could easily appear on like a you know another top five in scores Cinnabons episode <laughs> like 
for sure. And I just love how it's the same like song throughout, but it's like played in different instruments or like tempos for dramatic effect throughout. And it's one of those that's so adds such an epic quality to, you know, a movie that's already uh, so epic in scale and runtime and set design and uh, everything. So yeah, just love the score. Yeah. That was really good too. Yeah. So I have been dying, you know, obviously not really dying because uh, I have been slacking on movies and I haven't gotten to this at all, but I've been wanting to go down just the Julia Roberts (laughs) rabbit hole of movies and watch every, not everything she's done, but a a lot of what she's done. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, know, that's an ambitious goal. Which I know is like, it's like a weird, sort of weird thing to do because they're like rom-coms and like a lot of them are rom-coms that people just with different, you know, I don't know, <laughs> different brains, yeah. different types of people watch those, watched those in the 90s and mm-hmm. really, really got into them. And I'm pretty sure that one of those is one I watched. The first one, <laughs> Notting Hill. Uh, hey, bringing Hugh Grant back to the party. Uh, Hugh oh. Grant is uh, in this movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I start off my Julia Roberts uh, <laughs> journey with Notting Hill uh, in 1999 a rom-com ah, yes. from 1999 and, and it was one back. of those where i started it at like i don't know like 10 p.m and yeah like i just didn't realize like i was like yeah i'm watching a movie let's watch that and i like i started <laughs> and i realized oh yeah i'm watching like one of these kinds of movies yeah, uh-huh. it's like weird um not to say that there's not like things that i liked in this movie but it's very like it's just super uh, rom com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super rom com, and uh, so and it's not it's not like one of those low quality garbage ones, like say like Spanglish or something like that. Um, or to a lot of people, how do you know? You know, like so the James mm-hmm. Brooks ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, but it, it, like the overall, I, uh, I don't know, message this movie is going for. Like it, it, it's kind of a lot about the fact that Julie Roberts plays a famous actress. I mean, and mm. um, which of course she's perfect to do. Yeah. And he, and then Hugh Grant just like they, you know, meets her and falls in love, and it's all about like, um. Not not necessarily like him just falling now into this war- world of Hollywood and how uh, you know dis you know disconnected it seems and I don't know whether she can trust him about you know like being with her because the press can find out or stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's just like the movie tries to portray Julia Roberts as very down to earth um like she's at like like a like an actress who's not in touch with the world but actually is very down to earth in touch you know and that's the arc is you're learning that about her but it's really does not come across that way she does not come across as 
down to earth at all. It's just they kind of say it in like an exposition scene, like I'm just because I'm famous, like I'm a real person, sort of thing. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, so like the whole dramatic side of this movie just really didn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, like the movie, everything else isn't horrible and. I still really like Julia Roberts, even though her character in this movie is not great. I kind of liked her in it. And I thought Hugh Grant had uh, really carries the weight, bulk of the weight of a lot of the humor in this movie. Um, And it's just really good in it. And uh, wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it, but you know, (laughs) I watched it. (laughs) I'm doing my research, right? Um, and also the movie kind of bookends with like this, these like montages of uh, Julia Roberts, like just on the red carpet and like just being, you know, just kind of showing off her fame. But it's like, actually, I don't know. I actually thought it was just really cool. And like the, the music is really cool. And I, I think a lot of people might see it as a corny thing, but I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was very auteur like those, um, uh, the opening of it, even though what follows isn't necessarily <laughs> nice. Yeah. What's, uh, what's next on your watch list then for the Julie? So, um, I don't know. It could be a number of things, John. One of them could be the <laughs> Pelican brief with Denzel Washington. Oh. Um, another one could be, uh, mystic. I think mystic pizza. pizza? Mystic yeah, Pizza, Mystic which Pizza. Is, always pops up on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot Runaway of Bride. Yeah, Runaway there's Runaway Bride, Bride which is also Pretty on Woman. Netflix. And yeah, Pretty Woman. So it's probably yeah. going to be a weird time. Wow. But <laughs> a time I need to, I think it's something I got to experience. Yeah, the world is your <laughs> while oyster. I'm still, yeah. While I'm still, you know, young, right? <laughs> yeah, while we still have Julia Roberts here. Yeah right <laughs> cool nice uh notting hill yeah i haven't seen notting hill i've heard i've heard good things about it from like the people you'd expect to hear good things about it you know yeah i like, can see like why the be, audience like, huge like i felt while watching like this was like huge at the time you could just tell yeah. like like i don't know about you but there's definitely like my mom and other other moms uh who just love hugh grant because of like these rom-coms <laughs> yeah. from this time yeah. yeah i was almost so like there was a point while i was watching where my mom like came down to go grab some laundry or something like that and i was almost embarrassed like i did not <laughs> want her to see me watching this because I, I i just figured like on one glance she must be able to recognize what it is oh yeah totally yeah <laughs> <laughs> well nice Notting hill all right, my next one is uh, the movie Sorcerer by William Friedkin. The Frinken. Yeah, yes. I saw you watch this, and I've heard great things about it. It's one I've also been trying to watch for a while. Me too, yeah. I've only seen and heard like amazing things about this movie. Yeah, not just like that it's good, but that it's uh, amazing and uh yeah i i loved it um it's uh let's see what else besides the exorcist had freaking done um 
French Connection. That's right. French Connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think so this I, is his third big one. Not like in order, but just mm-hmm. one of the three big ones. Yeah. This was. I didn't realize that he had done all all three of these until I watched the until I watched this one. But uh, yeah, no, I really love uh, all of Friedkin's movies now, but this one in particular, and it's uh, it's so incredibly tense throughout and something well i didn't know anything about it so i'll I'll give a little bit of like backstory but it's um four men from different parts of the globe all are hiding from their pasts in the same same remote south american town and they agree to risk their lives transporting gallons of unstable nitroglycerin across dangerous jungle but uh yeah that's so that's the the gist of it but um just how it's how it's set up uh, I was, you know, into it right away. It takes you through like each of the four guys, sort of giving you the reason, just briefly going through the reason that they end up, you know, on the run in uh, in South America, and then it sort of seamlessly brings them all together. And uh, it's the the second half of this movie. There are so many scenes where there's next to nothing in di- like dialogue wise. Like it's all just, um, you know, there, there's a, I guess the big famous scene that's like on the cover too, is them driving a truck across this, like, um, what's it called? This, this bridge, this drawstring bridge. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's so incredibly tense throughout it and there's no dialogue and it. I, I feel like almost 20 minutes goes by without anyone saying anything. Um, but that's like. Yeah, that's what's so great about it. And uh, yeah, I, I also don't want to say too much about this one too because... Um, it's got some spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Some things happen. Things happen. It's, uh, like give it's it one away. That I was, it's one that I was glad I didn't know too much about about it before I watched. Yeah. Well, I'll go, I'll go in it in the same fashion. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know about it either. <laughs> it definitely it met my expectations though. It was uh, a good time. Is that a movie uh, from the seventies? It is. Yes, seventy-seven came out same year. Actually, I did look up this backstory too. It came out um, like a few weeks before Star Wars. I think uh, it could be a few weeks or before or after, and it just bombed at the box office because all the buzz Star Wars just came was in. about Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's part of the reason. I think there were some other reasons too, but. Part of the reason it really got overshadowed um, and just like not really talked about much um, is because mainly because of of Star Wars. So it, it was almost seen as like a flop, just because it was so dwarfed by one of the biggest movies of all time. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's why it hasn't gotten as much like talk, I guess. But uh, I feel like it's I, I've been I was reading up about it a little bit and it's starting to get like a reemergence because um a resurgence because yeah people are discovering it now for the first time. So yeah. It's uh it's a good one. Roy Schneider is the is the lead in it too. Oh shit, that too. Mm-hmm. He's the only I've one been, I recognize but to yeah. rewatch the French connection. Because I've heard that's just like I can rewatch great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forget. He, yeah, he's in French Connection too. Yeah, um, yeah, he was great in it. The other guys I didn't really know, but I, 
yeah it's uh it's a yeah just a really good movie just a good experience yeah nice well i'm gonna stay in the 70s with my last movie all right oh my god that's that's crazy um i did not mean to do that but the last my last movie is the last movie by dennis hopper yeah well what's the name of the movie though you see the last movie. <laughs> no, I know that's your last movie, but what's the what's the name? Like what what is it called? The what last is the title? movie. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> we go over that we yeah, family guy seventy times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But your last your Yeah, last yeah, movie get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. This yeah. So this movie I've also wanted to see for a while. Um, I don't know if I've heard of this one. It's also it's probably one of the last movies Dennis Hopper made, I think. <laughs> yeah, so you know, Dennis Hopper makes Easy Rider, right? Early 60s, he, you know, changes movies, like independent film is created and uh, you know, all all that other stuff comes out afterwards, and uh, Dennis Hopper is this big hero. And then in '71, he makes the last movie, um, which apparently there's all these stories behind it about how it was recut, you know, so many times and stuff like that. And I don't know. I think a lot of friction between Hopper and the studio, and I'm sure he was like um, at a very high point with like drug and alcohol use too. But also when I was like reading about this movie before I like, I, I like, I just love the idea. It just sounded like, I don't know, just so ambitious and like, it was just trying to say some and attack the system, which is what <laughs> movies in the sixties and seventies were doing. So it's just not along with the fact that it's Dennis Hopper and there's the whole historical aspect behind it. And I don't know, because it is of that, you know, of that gritty seventies genre, I, I I just wanted to see it and uh, it's on Criterion channel now. So I watched it and mm. I'd say overall, I didn't really like it, um, but not <laughs> that it's not worth watching. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like watching, I don't know, like a Godard or like something from uh, like the French new wave. That's very, ambitious like like contempt by john luc godard and it's very ambitious as so much going on in characters and as so much it's trying to like say in each scene and it's uh so pretentious in a way but yet they're also it's also so well shot that you can at least like zone out to the images if you're not like getting what's going on and that sort of thing but like mm-hmm. the last movie i wouldn't even say it's shot well enough where you can do that and just zone out to the images it wasn't anything it wasn't like i don't know i i, I thought it was very fairly standard cinematography it wasn't anything f- super stunning for me um so overall i just felt that i found the film very uh unfocused in its approach and uh while i just i while i i still felt like you know the whole 70s thing and like it was taking it i i felt like i you know i understood where its influences were i felt it was just very unfocused and 
just uh yeah did not did not really enjoy it that much uh you know it, it is kind of funny but it's also kind of a mess i think it also kind of it, it come it came out at a uh, like a change in the industry too where different owners started owning the studios and it was like right before like you know the movie brats um kind of lost control of hollywood you know they were mm -hmm. all of a sudden back in the hands of the studios and um then coppola and lucas you know both start the lucas film and zotrope and go to san francisco and that sort of thing like just the fact that this movie came out like right before that i don't know just I don't know. It's just very creepy history, you know. It just like mm -hmm. aligns very well, and I think Dennis Hopper is one of the last movies that, like, after that, like, I don't think he was able after this. I don't think he was able to direct again. He just did not. It like it ruined his reputation as a director, and uh, mm, wow. just because of the whole process was such a mess. His relationship with the the studios and stuff like that, yeah. I, I highly recommend reading the book for Easy Riders, uh, Raging Bulls. It's why I know all this stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's in one of my favorite books I've ever read, I think. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Cool. Well, I'll, uh, I'll end it then, I guess, here on a, uh, a rewatch. Um, but uh, recently you rewatched the movie musical Chicago. And, oh yeah, uh, I I've only seen that once, but I watched it a couple years ago. Yeah, this was one I saw uh, quite a few times growing up. By that I mean maybe like two or three. My sister was big into like you know musical theater, and this was like one of her favorite movies back in the day. I think so. I I remember watching this with her like a few times, um, but I hadn't seen it since you know since I was maybe in high school or something. Uh, and rewatched it, and uh, you know it's it's an enjoyable movie musical. It's nothing like, um, I don't. It's not as memorable, I, I guess, as I thought it would be. I, I thought I would sort of go into it and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this or like that. But mm -hmm. um, you know, besides like, um, the one main song, I can't remember what it's called, but they like like start off like saying all these like different things like cicero cigarettes or something like like all this stuff uh besides that i think i feel like a lot of the numbers were sort of the same in a way and even like the i know they're like in a prison but a lot of like the settings for like the uh the numbers weren't that different from each other and maybe that's intentional but um, yeah, but I still, I mean, I still, I still really liked it, uh, again, but, uh, yeah, it's probably not a movie musical that I would, uh, like, you know, revisit a whole lot. A favorite or anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, still glad I, uh, I saw it again though. Cause, uh, yeah, it's been a while. I totally slipped my mind that John C. Riley was in it too. Which I know that's one of the main reasons I wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he I'd, sings very well in it. Yeah, for real. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the, the last one for me. Just that rewatch. Alright, well then that's it. That's uh that is the bender. Up.